Hey yo, <laughs> Sith brothers and sisters, Rebel Scum on the run, most importantly, Star Wars fans, how the hell are you guys this week? Another fun, exciting week has passed us. I must say that uh, work has definitely attempted to pluck my nerve, I'd say, in the last week or so. I've definitely gone and grabbed a cold one directly from work so yeah works just uh works just trying to wear me down but still I persevere so I definitely wanted to get a jump on the new episode this week and starting off with some very exciting news that I promised you guys last week so yours truly Definitely secured the date for the Kylo Ren half sleeve. Finally, it'll take me roughly five months from the original date it was supposed to be done to finally get it inked, but he is coming July 1st. I am very excited for a few different reasons, so... I found this guy, thankfully, because the shop that he's a part of actually holds a special place for me because it simply was the first place that did my very first Star Wars tattoo a little over a year ago. And that has me going back to lovely Lakeside Tattoo Co., which is literally a three to four minute drive from my work. And it's also almost right next to the brewery, so that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> so one of the, the artists that did my Kylo Ren Saber Piercing the Rose tattoo... Uh, going with somebody else who actually has a kind of, I guess you could say, a proven record. He's done a couple of other Star Wars tattoos that I can see on his Instagram. And I found him thanks to a Boba Fett one that Lakeside shared week prior. And he actually showed me he's working on... Another Kylo Ren tattoo for somebody else. So that definitely made me very comfortable in giving him a deposit towards this long have I waited tattoo. Tried channeling my Palpatine. Hope you appreciated that. Anyways. So tattoos coming July 1st. I did also contact my local comic book shop to check in on my pre-orders for March. My Bounty Hunters 2 is waiting for me. And Vader 2, the trade paperback of the new run that's out right now, the Greg Pack one. Trade paperback number 2 comes out this coming week, so... I've got that to look forward to, so by the next episode, I would have picked those both up. And most importantly, because the biggie that I ordered, the coveted Old Republic omnibus that comes out after 4th of July, 
I wanted to make sure with me setting the appointment for this tattoo that I was going to definitely plan and make make room for it accordingly. So there's no new update or pushback on that coming out. So definitely will hope at least hope to finish the book that I'm on. I just I haven't made much progress with it, but like I've told you guys before, I don't know if it has anything to do with there not really being any characters in there that are familiar to the naked eye. So that settles the comics and the tattoo update, or at least the comics that we're not necessarily reviewing right now. We're going to go ahead and pause and take a brief break. And then I'll hop back on here in a moment. Hang tight. Okay, folks. Are you ready? I said, are you ready for Revan? Because he's here. I have, ever since I finished this book a couple months ago, I have been dying to go over this and review it with you guys because this was my first veer off from the comics. Now, I have said before that... I thought and I was a little afraid that taking a break from the comics and switching to the books, I was going to feel slowed down. So thankfully that did not really happen because I got through Revan in just less than two weeks. Now keep in mind my schedule and pretty much me getting ready to go on vacation. So the timing, I... For considering it's my first book that I've read in a while, I was really surprised. Um, I do want to, before we jump into the review, I want to lay out exactly how we're going to go about this. So there are, looking at my notes, and I was right, there were 29 chapters with a prologue and an epilogue. So we'll say, what, 30? So I definitely wanted to split this up in the next four to five episodes. I wanted to do a couple at a time because unlike a comic, yes, this book has a couple different stories going on in it, but it doesn't jump around as much like the epic collections and pretty much what we've been used to uh, with a lot of name dropping and place dropping. Uh, so I definitely wanted to state that for the record so that way you guys know what's coming up the next couple of episodes. I want to split this up. And I do want to point out before we jump into reading the prologue, so I've said and stated before that I'm not a very big gamer. 
I was familiar with Revan going into this, but this was really my first experience with actually, I guess you can say, in-person review. And I said last week, in reading this book, all I had flashing through my head was basically Keanu Reeves jumping around as Revan, because that's just, it's, it's engraved in my brain at this point. So, I will say, the prologue does drop quite a bit of backstory. And the only regret I do have is that there's really nothing about Revan up until this book coming out. It just kind of dumps some information on you before the book gets started. So, initially I was a little frustrated with the prologue because just because of the information dump and it's... You don't know how to process it and or you don't and you're just kind of like a lot's already happened to Revan by the time this book comes out. So you're kind of literally playing catch up here. So here we go folks. Without further ado, The Old Republic Revan by Drew Carpishan, if I'm completely effing up that last name. My sincere apologies. So, the prologue starts off with Revan waking up from a nightmare. His wife, Bastila, obviously comes to check in on him. This takes place, or starts off in his life, two years after the Jedi turned him back into the light. Kind of describing his physical appearance with black shoulder length hair. And at the time this book takes place, he's living on Coruscant. Revan's kind of standing out on the balcony and his wife kind of walks up to him and jokes about him not jumping off. And encourages Revan to talk to the council and get help with these restlessness uh, that he's been dealing with. Apparently this has been going on for quite a while. So Revan at this point has been trying to piece together everything that happened to him before he converted. And it's kind of coming to him in bits and pieces. He's been losing a lot of sleep. Uh, and so his wife's like, you really should talk to the council about this. The backstory flashback that we get at the very end of the prologue is a quote that if it wasn't for you, Darth Malak would have wiped everything out. And this is something that his wife says to him. Uh, that he destroyed the Star Forge. Malak was his apprentice. They fought together against Mandalorian invaders on the Outer Rim. They became conquerors. They sought to destroy the Republic. Malak betrayed him. Revan got captured by the Jedi Council, was barely alive. And actually his wife, or his now wife, Bastila Shan, had hand in that. He got mind wiped and turned him into a weapon versus Malak. His wife redeemed him after, or excuse me, redeemed his wife. So... Him getting captured in my wipe redeemed him and 
<laughs> he redeems his wife after Malik turned her to the dark side. So there's a lot of mind wiping going, redemption going on here. She's ashamed for her involvement in his capture and mind wipe a couple years ago. Says that the Starforge corrupted them both. Talking about the dark side disciples. Whatever they he found was out there and it's a big threat. Which apparently this is a subject of his nightmares that he's been having. So, if your head's not already spinning from that huge dump of information, we're going to go ahead, take a brief pause before we jump right into chapter one. Hang tight, kids. Okay. Jumping right in. Sorry, also did not want to burn my dinner. That would not be fun. So chapter one. We come across Lord Scourge. A Sith pureblood who is going or on one of our Sith homeworld planets from way back yonder. place called Droman Kos. Or a.k.a. Kos City. It is a dark side planet with electrical storms. So very reminiscent. Definitely getting, at this point, getting Exegol vibes when I see and hear this place mentioned in the book. He goes to the Citadel, or is talking about the Citadel, which is a meeting place for the Emperor, and 12 hand-picked Sith Lords, which make up the Dark Council. Acolytes are not permitted inside of here. Apparently a decade earlier, Scourge was just an apprentice here at Sith Academy. He was an Acolyte, now a Sith Lord. He's been away from Droman Kos for two years. Apparently he was exiled from Kos. He's been requested by Darth Nyris, a senior member of the council. Several attempts have been made on her life. Setchel, a Sith pureblood and her servant greets him upon arrival. Pure bloods born without connection to the force were at this time considered an abomination. And Lord Scourge is just completely disgusted by Setchel greeting him. Considers him very unworthy and beneath him. They talk about the breakdown of society here. There is the enlisted, which are those conscripted for military service. There's the subjugates, off-world merchants, dignitaries, visitors from other worlds. 
are basically not granted full status in the empire yet. At the end of the landing pad, there's a pair of humans, one male and one female. Lord Scourge apparently feels very disrespected by their indifference to his appearance. So, it's kind of funny because those two kind of keep in the back of your head because they will pop up later on in the book. At Nyrus's place, very much resembles the Emperor's Citadel, but just smaller. It's located on the western outskirts of the city. There's a statue of the Emperor. She herself is apparently a female Sith pureblood. Murtog, her security chief, wants proof of Scourge's identity before letting him in. This, of course, pisses Scourge off, and Seshul reveals to him that apparently it wasn't Nyrus's idea, but apparently... The Emperor suggested Nyrus hire somebody from the outside to seek the identity of her attacker. Thinks her staff is in on it and apparently Nyrus had no choice but to comply with the Emperor. Scourge feels completely insulted by this information. There is an approaching speeder. Scourge senses this person is coming to kill him. Scourge takes it out by flinging his saber at it. The speeder crashes. And two passengers scramble from the crash. The two humans from the landing pad. Kills the guy. Woman puts up a fight. Scourge gives her the opportunity to tell him who sent them before the guards kill her. Murtaugh shows up with a half dozen security guards and says that Nyrus will see him now. Chapter 2 Scourge apparently wounds his shoulder. Scourge internally goes over the possibilities at who summoned the attack on him. Inside Nyrus's room is a Twi'lek slave. Nyrus, well known for her proficiency in Sith sorcery, appears frail to him. She has spent the last two decades on the Dark Council only two other members outrank her. Her skin's a little more pink than red, but yes, she is of Sith pure blood like Scourge. Uh, Scourge makes a comment, assuming that the practice of sorcery took a toll on her body, which in a lot of my reading up to this point and just hearing about Naga Sadao and Freedon Nad and all the Sith pure bloods from Tales of the Jedi. Practicing sorcery and everything, yes, even though when you develop the knowledge to help prolong your life, a part of you dies. And 
you look at also just all the times that Palpatine was also reincarnated. Sorcery and magic, practicing that does take a toll on your body. Nyrus and Scourge speak in private about the attack outside. And he talks about his suspicions. She admits it was her who ordered the attack. Because... The Emperor meddled in her plans after she discovered a lead on one of her attackers had Setchel hire them to take Scourge out. So there's a lot of trying to get one up on one another. So these power plays will eventually come back to bite, you know, come back around here in the, in the end. Just little fruit for side time. Backstory on the last assassination attempt on her life. Servant droid had been replaced with a duplicate equipped with a disruptor beam, which apparently took out Nyrus's chef instead. Discovered the droid was made on Halion. Their mission was to get Setchel past security, her servant, and get him into the main computer to see who purchased the droid and leave in a few days. Or, they're leaving in a few days. So apparently Setchel's developed quite a knack for computer hacking. So, Nyrus wants Scourge as the muscle to get Setchel the hacker, into this computer system to discover who paid for and sent the, the servant or the corrupt servant droid. Chapter 3. Going back to Revan, walking the market streets on Coruscant. Flashback to two years prior where he got the Cross of Glory from the Senate. Nobody knew who he was now. Shaved his beard, rarely wore his Jedi robes, and kind of became a recluse. He had an astromech, T3M4, and apparently also had at one point another droid, HK47. They go to a place called Dealer's Den, catered towards seedy people on Coruscant. Revan was looking for a Mandalorian by the name of Candorus Odor. And Candorus, I guess, when he finally meets up with him, kind of jokes with Revan about his appearance and says, ladies around here like rough edges. <laughs> that joke was for you, Doc. You can't make that shit up. Um, apparently, he hasn't shaved or slept. Timeline for this. Took down Malik two years prior to this night. His first, this is technically going to be Revan's quote unquote first job back. 
So that kind of syncs up with the prologue and all the information that got dumped on us in the beginning of the book. Revan says to Odor, I've got questions about the Mandalorian Wars. They were enemies long before they teamed up to take down Malak. Odor says back, not much to say. We lost, you won. And Revan asks him, he wants to know what started the Mandalorian Wars and why did he fight for, or why fight for the Republic? To which Odor responds, Mandalore thought the Republic was weak and it was his idea, actually. <laughs> um... Everything was going okay until Revan killed Mandalore, the leader. This is still talking about the Mandalorian Wars. He challenged Mando the Ultimate to combat to prevent succession of another Mandalorian leader. Revan won and killed the leader, took and hid the helmet on an unknown world. Above killing Mando the Ultimate, Revan and Malak also disappeared to the Unknown Regions and came back to fight the Republic also. Revan thinks about the dreams that he's been having of this electrical dark place and that thinks these nightmares are definitely a warning. Revan needs to... Find out and see if something will help jog his memory because he's unsure if this is somewhere that he's already been. Revan says to Candorus at the end of the chapter, I need to talk to the Mandalorian clans for more details. Odor, Odor apparently has avoided the other Mandalorians for the last five years. But promises Revan saying, hey, chill out, let me see what I can find out. Wrapping up the review for this first part of Revan Review with Chapter 4. On Halion, at the UXIOL, UXIOL droid manufacturing plant where Scourge and Setchel are sent by Nyrus. Setchel makes a jab at Scourge, asking him if he's always this skittish on a job, and Setchel's personality kind of changes in the cut. Scourge couldn't put his finger on it, but said something about this mission seemed very off to him. Single patrol drone at the gate, as Setchel said there would be. The code to the office, however, doesn't work, and he ends up using his saber to get into the door panel, which sets off an alarm and floods the place with droids. Scourge and Setchel are both wounded but make it out barely before this factory explodes. 
Scourge especially because he fought off all the droids while Setchel was trying to get the intel. And because I'm feeling generous, we're going to end the review with Chapter 5. Revan goes to the Council Archives in the Jedi Library to seek information and to see a Mitra Surik. Instead, he's confronted by Atris with severe hostility. Apparently, Mitra's whereabouts are unknown. She apparently was a, f a former friend, close friend of Revan's. Unsure how far back, but she was exiled and cut herself off from the force. So picking up next week, folks, we're going to go ahead and do chapters 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. So... I hope you enjoyed this Revan review. I am so glad we are finally here with Revan. Again, the book does take off very quickly. And it was definitely an easy, fun read. Folks, that's all for this week. And until next time, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Also, shout out again to my podcast friends, New Force Order, Social Disturbancing, and, of course, the Ebon Hawk Podcast. If you want to send me an email or a comment about the show, you can send an email to ratedrkohalls, H-O-L-S, at gmail.com. Again, that email is ratedrkohalls at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, as always, may the Force be with all of you. Peace.